day had to come sooner rather than later, and that day will be the last MotoGP race of 2021 when Valentino Rossi pulls into the garage after 26 seasons of Grand Prix racing and stops racing motorcycles. Announcing his retirement at Spielberg in Austria with half of the 21 seasons still remaining, nine races to go, the stats even now are still amazing. At the moment, he's done 423 races. Get your head around that. 115 wins over all the three classes he's competed in. 125, 250, 500 MotoGP. 235 podiums. Can you imagine the size of the trophy room that he's got in Tavulia? 235 trophies and all the other stuff. And of course, nine world championships and even a Suzuka eight-hour win also in there as well. I'm Toby Moody and joining me is Val Harunshi and Simon Patterson. We start with our normal question, what's the first thing that jumps into your head? That might be a little bit daft today, but I'm still going to do it. And I'm going to start with you, Simon Patterson. Uh, Valentino Rossi yesterday afternoon at the press conference looked very much like a man at peace with his decision. Yeah. Valentin. For me, uh, what's the, I appreciate the fact that even though pretty much everyone saw an expected retirement coming, but the VR 46 camp still managed to keep a little bit of a plausible. What if that made the day exciting for me? Even when he won everything, it wasn't boring. Even when he was on the podium at every single race in 2003. Just think about that for a minute in this day and age. Every single race he had a podium. It wasn't boring. There was something that wasn't, oh, here we go again. There was something fun. There was obviously the comedy after the race. We were all expecting what's he going to do now he's won the race? What's going to happen? Who's going to spring out of the crowd and what corner is he going to stop at for the celebrations? But then the battles for me with the Gulwaz Yamaha against the movie star Honda of Seta Jibanao, they were the days. They were the days. The Honda years were, were almost too dominant. But then when he was on the Yamaha, it started to level out a bit. Those were my memories, and I was lucky enough to be at that first race. Wow. Um, I was 23. Um, <laughs> that's, just, that's just nuts. That's more than half my life ago, and he's still racing Grand Prix motorcycles. Let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that he's safe for the remaining nine Grand Prix. Val, what do you look at? What do you look at with Valentino Rossi? What's, what's in the forefront of your mind when you got into motorcycle racing yeah you see so here's a the weird thing for me coming in as a yeah i'm sort of a i think a late coming 20 27 year old in that i only really started to follow MotoGP in any meaningful way a, a decade ago which means that i wasn't really there for any of the titles what i was there for was the one big near miss, obviously, and some of the some of the really fun wins, but also some of the really big controversies, and obviously the the Ducati disappointment. That to me wasn't as big a disappointment because I I didn't really feel the full context of it, having not really been there for the titles. But yeah, at the same time, even without the the championships, when I look back at my whole time in MotoGP, you know, first as a fan and then as somebody covering the the championship i think the biggest stories 
they still did involve involve Valentino. The two biggest stories, the first one being the madness of the end of 2015. That's that's a bit I obviously vividly remember, and that's that's probably the biggest thing for MotoGP this past decade. And the second being, I think, when that you know that crazy Argentina race where Jack Miller started by himself, obviously, and that also had Marquez running into first Alessio Spargaro and then uh, then into Rossi, and again, you know, every rider being asked about that, and there there was Rossi again at the forefront, his camp making making its displeasure so so very clear. I guess just it's 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 fun how he's managed, you know, despite the fact that other riders have overtaken him in terms of wins and stuff like that. Not overall, but for the decade, other riders came to the forefront of the championship, but still there he was making stories, creating headlines. Greatly appreciated. Simon Valentino battled with Biaggi. He then had his Gibbonau fight. He then moved on to Stoner. He then moved on to Marquez. The latter years, a bit more you when you were in the paddock. But what memories of those pinnacle battles do you have? Valentino Rossi is someone that has been defined by his rivals, I think, all the way through the career. It would have been, you know, like you said at the very beginning, Toby, when he was so dominant it would have been so easy for it to be boring and it never was because of those rivalries because of you know the absolute bitterness that they had uh, between between him lorenzo biaggi stoner gibernoy marquez they all hated each other and it was great it was great entertainment for us uh it's funny uh Someone asked me last night on Twitter if um, I, I shared so both Biagi and Lorenzo posted really nice things last night on social media, sort of wishing them all the best in retirement. And someone asked me, um, was the famous Barcelona altercation between him and Biagi uh, totally verbal or were the rumors true and was it physical? And I just replied to say it was physical. And about 30 seconds later, my phone vibrated to say, Max Biagi has liked your tweet. <laughs> so that's confirmation but that just shows how intense it was you know this is two guys who after a race were trading punches at the steps into the media center because they had gotten so passionate about about what was going on on track and that happened for the best part of two decades with Valentino can I just jump in about the Barcelona uh, kerfuffle there was Julian myself upstairs and Mamola downstairs with the mic and uh, we finished the race and Mamola was going on about this rivalry and going on about, oh, well, he said this and he said that and he's done this and he's done this in part for mate. And I said to a word live on television, oh, you know, Randy, you know, it's it's all a bit, it's a, I think this whole rivalry, it's getting a bit bigger in the press than it is in real life. And he, <laughs> and, and honestly, honestly, swear to God, he then flicked the mic, mic open and he said, I think you I can't remember the precise words but he was like you're wrong what's just happened is <laughs> I couldn't have worded it to a second any worse or better oh it's I not have... too much of a rivalry and then there's blood and I've been I've been bitten by a mosquito bitten by a mosquito I have a friend who is in the press conference room next to Randy and uh, Valentino came into the press conference room, came straight over and ran to Randy and went, Randy, Randy, I hate him. I hate him. Yeah, <laughs> With yeah, a big yeah, grin yeah, in yeah. his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
dear, yeah. And and for me, yeah, the Biaggi thing that really got going. Even in one two five, there was rumours about Biaggi. Uh, no, what rumours? The word was Biaggi was seen walking through Nice Airport with a supermodel. I think it was Claudia uh, Naomi Campbell, and. That's why Valentino, <laughs> Valentino at the 97 Mugello Grand Prix when he'd won it on a 125 had the blow up doll of Claudia Schiffer because, well, it's good enough for me, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And I saw something last night from Carlo Panat and he said that whole PR stunt cost 20,000 lira, which is nothing, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> you know, seven quid or something. But, 10 bucks. But so, that is the reason why we love Valentino Rossi. It's the reason why he is who he is. It's the reason that he is MotoGP's only ever breakout star because he is incredibly talented and fast in a motorbike. But he is also just this insanely charismatic guy with a wicked sense of humor who still lives with his mates like he's 14. Yeah, He brings so much more than just what he does on the track. And then the Biaggi thing went to Suzuka on a 500. They came out of the last corner. Biaggi gave Valentino a bit of a left arm and Valentino's on the dirt. And then Valentino overtook him into the first corner and gave him the bird with his left hand. And that was on a 500. And off we go. Off we go. There was Bruno 2001 off the top of my head. So there were still two strokes. Uh, yes, it was 01. And again, <clears throat> Rossi, Biaggi, the, the 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 Honda, the Nastro Zero yellow Honda against the Marlboro Yamaha, and they were fighting, fighting, nothing between them. Biaggi had won there the year before, if memory serves. And it was the chicane at the back of the pits that left, and Biaggi just tipped off with a front end uh, lost. And then Valentino could cruise it to the finish, and that was it. And uh, we were, uh, we, I went to, I went, I met up with Williams and co. So that was always going to be a messy evening on the Sunday night. And we went to some bar, but it was out in the sticks. And there was a swimming pool and a bar and everything and a disco. And, a, and there was, it wasn't huge, but it wasn't small. And we were getting, we were getting, we were getting, getting stuck in. And a wet arm came over my shoulders <laughs> I went and, it, and I looked to my right and it was Valentino dripping with water and everything. And he just looked at me. No words were exchanged. And I just said, can I take my wallet out of my pocket? And he said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and in we went. And in we went. And he wasn't letting go of me. He was, there was no, oh, you know, no halfway house here. When it shoes and everything. And we came up and he said, oh, but you still got your watch on. You still got your watch on. And he was in, even caring, even though we were two in the morning and having a mess. But, oh, yeah, and all sorts of other things that are probably unrepeatable. But, yeah, it was, uh, they're good days, good days. But the thing is, though, being serious for a minute, when you engage with him, he looks you in the eye and he looks at the colour of your eyes. He looks all the way, not through you, but into you. And he has his attention focused on you and no one else. No matter that there are, it's it's 20 foot deep of autograph hunters that standing around us. He's, he's very professional like that. The fun is the fun, 
But when it comes down to business, he still had to win nine world championships, and you don't get that by messing about. I I don't think that in particular is something to do with with his professionalism, though. I think that's to do with the fact that he is actually still underneath it all, still quite a normal guy. Um, he's still he's remained very very grounded. I don't know if it's because he's got his little Tavilia group around him or what it is, but you know you there's some of these guys that it's so difficult to have a conversation with because it's like their brain is permanently on race mode. But, you know, with him, you can bump into him now and then and you can chat about life or football or whatever it is that he wants to talk about. Um, you know, yesterday at the end of the press conference, he came over and made a point of of sort of shaking hands with all the journalists and saying thanks, which many people wouldn't have done. Um, he had all, you know, he had his best mate sitting in the room. How many other writers have we seen bring in friends, have them there for two seasons, and then next year there's a new one? You know, it's... It's a trademark of some of them, but he has that same group around him. And that more than anything else, that for me is what part of what makes him really special. I think Val, what do you think he can do? What do you think would be the best he can do in these remaining nine Grand Prix? Uh, not, I don't think he can do much. I don't think it really matters at this point. Uh, obviously, one more podium would be really, really nice. I think looks like a long shot based on the on the on the form this season. But it's just, I think this is sort of this is going to be the highlight of the season, and the the final race is going to be the highlight of the season. And actually, even though the campaign has been such a such a disappointment, Rossi's appearance yesterday in in many ways made me, if not re reevaluated, then sort of look differently at it because. When he was asked, when, when when other writers were asked about him still continuing, even as his form dipped, there was often an, a line of thinking that I personally found was a bit patronizing, where they would go, oh, it's great that he still has that fire in him at age 42, 43. And I, I, I know it wasn't meant as patronizing. I know it wasn't meant as anything like, you know, as anything derisory, but... Advisory, but it it felt that way a little bit. But watching him yesterday, you know, breaking into Italian a little bit more than usual, clear making it clear that you know he's still, if he could ride at the top level, he'd ride for another twenty thirty years. It does it does impress you, not because he's you know too old to be successful or too old to care, but just because it's been so many years. It really should have gotten a little bit boring by now because. This is MotoGP is clearly an insane amount of work right now. Just just crazy effort. And the fact that he's been willing to put in that effort for as long as possible and is is, is only walking away now when that effort is not you know commensurate with the results that he's getting. I'm I have a newfound not respect, I have a newfound appreciation for that, I think. And I'm gonna be happy to see him get a few more races and I hope they go they go better than the, the previous ones went this year and the thing is when, when we look back in 10 years time at the record um, you know that uh, like when you look back at Agostini's record the guy's 15 time world champion he dominated for decade for a decade with MV Augusta then he went to Yamaha and things didn't quite work and his last season was like 6th in the championship not what he was used to no one remembers that and it's going to be the exact same with Valentino Rossi. 
as far as mem good memories of race performances are going to be concerned, it's really, you know, it's only going to be the good times. He has in no way tarnished his reputation by hanging on for a few years longer than maybe he should have. And if anything, you know, he's, I think he's in part done it to allow himself to build the academy, build the ranch, build the, the team, build the structure that will continue his legacy. You know, I, I think that in the long run, the few years right now, we're going to remember the years that have been and we will remember the years that are still to come with Valentino Rossi. We won't remember the bit in the middle. And the bit in the middle was 11 and 12 when he was on a red bike because I did laugh yesterday, Simon, in the press conference when that video flashed up and there he is on the 125 and there he is on the 250 and there's the Nastro 0500. Oh, we're on a Repsol Honda. Yeah, the Gulwars years. Oh, fantastic. Fiat, Yamaha. There were two shots covering two years in about three seconds of him on a red and white Ducati. We've forgotten about it. I've said it before on these podcasts. The human mind is a wonderful thing. It just deletes the bit it doesn't want to remember. <laughs> when, when we make another one of these highlight reels in five years time for the anniversary of something, the only shot of a Petronas bike will be him crossing the line of Valencia. Well, yeah. For the same yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Probably. You know, yeah. that's, that's my yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and thinking about Valencia... Uh, the the guys at Dorna have already got their thinking caps on. You know, he, he's got to finish the race. He can't crash. He's got to finish the race because down, down pit lane or on the home straight, there'll be a great big 46 on the floor and yellow fireworks. And he deserves every single bit of it as well. We just got to get him to the end of that race. <laughs> I, I saw a tweet last night saying that yellow flares have already sold out in Italy. I hope I hope Fabio wins the title that race so they can have the words the world's worst golfing tournament in the in the runoff somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time since we've seen an overly elaborate Valentino yeah. Rossi victory celebration. I'm quite looking forward to seeing what they roll out at Valencia. And don't forget. In 2006, the Camel Yamaha year, when he was eight points ahead of Nicky going into that last Grand Prix, they had organized the championship winning celebration. What was it? They had got the altar, the wooden altar, out of the church at Tavulia, put it in a van and driven it from Tavulia to Valencia. That's a long way. And they'd brought the local vicar. The parish priest, who yeah. was Who was cracking on with age and a bit doddery and they sort of shipped him out and went right you've got to go to this corner and i believe it was the irony the corner he fell off at and uh they shipped him there and he was there for the race and uh, what am i doing here says the old boy look at all these people what what do i need to do he was he was getting on and then of course valentino fell off we can laugh about it now valentino fell off and they went well, we better make a bit of a swift exit because we're not supposed to be here because we're not going to win the championship. So they had to lift up this oak altar, put it in, lift, take it through the tunnel, put it in a van and drive all the way back to Tavulia. There's comedy even in an event that didn't happen, isn't yeah. there? <laughs> they should have made Nicky do it. All of that, that was planned for <laughs> Valentina. What a day that was. What a day that was. What a, uh, what a run. What a run. Well, we've got nine races still to go, two in Austria, Silverstone. Wow, there's going to be a lot more tickets being sold on all of the Grand Prix that are remaining. Aragon Misano, it must have sold out last night. 
Cota, Sepang, question mark, uh, Portugal, and then Valencia. Um, I think I know which one I'm going to get to, so I've got to get on my computer. And on that bombshell, guys, thank you very much. We've got the first of the two Austrian races coming up this weekend. We've still got a championship to sort out in 2021. It is no, no by no means over in any shape or form. So we're going to get back together on the Monday after this weekend's uh, Styrian Grand Prix. Thank you, Simon. Thank you, Valentin. In the meantime, from all of us here at the race and myself, Toby Moody, it's goodbye for now. <laughs> <laughs>